stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Oh my goodness, are you ready? We're back. We are back. I know. We have a new season. Oh my gosh. And a new logo. Which is beautiful. I'm I'm loving this. This is a refresh. A total refresh. Okay, Raising Joy. I am Winnie King. I'm I'm excited. I am too. I'm really excited. And I missed you. I and I missed you too, but I'm glad we had time. I know. Yep. Absence makes a heart grow fonder. Yes, it does. <laughs> Good answer. Well, and then we also get to catch up on all of our happenings. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about. Okay. You know, because it was good to get away. You know, sometimes you just really have to disconnect. You really do. 100%. And when you come back, you're wishing you were where you were before. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say I would come back revitalized, but now I'm like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could have stayed where I was. But I, I think that just says you had a good time. I did. Had a wonderful time. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. But this is good. This I love is it. Good. Okay. I love it. We have a great guest today who will help us sort through all things back to school from sleep schedules to routines, managing anxiety, and avoiding burnout. And as a mom, I am taking notes and getting all... (laughs) To help get my kids right. Uh, Dr. Whitney Appleby has her PhD in psychology. She's a licensed psychologist at Cook Children's Behavioral Health Center. Welcome to Raising Joy. Thank you so much for having me. I don't know if you're going to be happy about it or not. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us what you do at Raising, or what you do at uh, Cook Children's. Um, So I am a licensed psychologist uh, here at Cook's. I am located up in the Denton office. So I'm not here at the mothership. A little, we're a little ways out, but... um, they need help up there too. We d- yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, Denton County is pretty huge. So yes, we do we do need it up there. Um, so I have a history of doing psychological assessment. Um, however, right now I am actually only doing therapy and counseling. So um, my role is um, looking a little bit different right now. But I have training training in both. So and I work with kids of all ages. Mm. You name it, I I probably see them. So wow. Uh, okay, they have questions that I'm supposed to ask yeah. you, but I'm already thinking. But I'm going to stick with the script <laughs> for right now because I'm already thinking of things I want to know. But go ahead. How, how important um, is a consistent sleep schedule as if I didn't know because I'm the person who doesn't get any? Okay, <laughs> I get no sleep. I probably sleep maybe three, four hours a day. Winnie. I'm not kidding. I'm you not kidding. I know. I know. But, you know. I work on it. But how important is a consistent sleep schedule? I think it's great that this is the first question you're asking me. Because (laughs) if any of my kids that I see for therapy were listening to this, they would be cringing right now. Because every time I talk about sleep, they're like, Miss Whitney, I know. Miss Whitney, I know. She's going to start talking about sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, This is sort of my my hot button issue. But sleep is, it's really critical. And so I, my answer to this would be that it's, it's imperative. So I think that... Having a good sleep routine. Sorry, Winnie. I know. I know. And I'm sitting there saying I'm <laughs> like, I know four I hours in and I'm up. I'm, you know, it's terrible. Yeah, right. it's pretty hard. And honestly, I'm I'm actually pretty sleep deprived today, which is so, I mean, I don't know, pot calling the kettle black here. Yeah, but um, sleep routines really are important. And there's a lot of research out there that indicates that um, 
sleep is correlated with a variety of different physical ailments, but also um, can correlate with mental health concerns as well. So if we want our kids to be set up for success, both um, at school, but just mentally and physically, uh, sleep is a critical component of that. So so how do you set a healthy sleep routine? What is what? What are your tips for that? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I like to start off just by thinking, okay, well, how much sleep is adequate, right? Uh, I tend to go with the number 10. It doesn't really matter. I know. Yeah, I know. You're you're lucky. Okay, so adults are a little bit less. A okay. little bit less. So you're okay, Winnie. But when it comes to kids, I, I, I tend to kind of shoot out the number 10. Um, and my reasoning for that is typically 9 to 12 is what we're going to recommend for school-age kids. But for adolescents, uh, anywhere from 8 to 10 is uh the best to shoot for. Um, so my thought is, is for your teens, if you shoot for 10, it might be more likely that you get eight or nine. So mm. I don't know. I like the number 10. Mm. Um, and so to establish that, you you basically start with, okay, well, if I know how much sleep I need, then what time does that mean I need to be getting to bed by uh, based on the time that I need to wake up? So starting there gives you kind of an idea of what you need. And then the second question is, okay, well, how do I accomplish that, Right. The reality is sometimes you can't accomplish that. It depends on what time you guys are getting home from work and getting dinner on the table and, you know, bath night and all that kind of stuff, depending on, you know, how old your kids are. But um, I think being able to find ways that at least you are helping your kids learn how to wind down in the evening, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of kids these days are really struggling with how to navigate technology use. Mm -hmm. And what we see a lot in my office is, having to educate kids on, it's just, it's not super healthy to be on your phone until, you know, one o'clock in the morning. I know, I know, I know. You're giving away Winnie's secrets. <laughs> that may be my problem. Well, and I tell, That's my problem. I tell kids all the time, you know, this is not just a kid challenge. This is an yes. adult challenge too. I, I mean, I'm speaking to myself here just as much as I am. I know. You know, to, to, to parents and kids, yeah, you know. My mother like, would say, you point one finger at somebody else and three pointing back at you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. one thing that I do love to talk about, and and because kid, kids love to push back on bedtime, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes when you actually talk to kids about why that bedtime yes. is so critical and why technology can be problematic at night, you know, I, I like to talk to kids about how it actually changes um, the melatonin in the brain. When you have a screen and it's on, it's actually telling your brain to wake up as like opposed to go to sleep. And so um, a lot of kids, they don't know that. They think, oh, this is just an adult in my life telling me yeah, to get yeah. off my phone. See, but, and I always think about it as, okay, I'm going to wind down and watch TikTok yeah. in bed. <laughs> Which is why I'm probably only getting four hours sleep. Right. And, so and then hard. you're laughing yeah. really and yeah. then you're going oh on to the gosh. next one and then the next one. That's and the why next TikTok one. is so hard. It's it a just, rabbit hole. It's the next video. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the yeah. next, the next, the Absolutely. next. Absolutely. So, and it just doesn't teach your brain to calm down. So, oh you know, gosh. other things like reading or. I read, the Kindle really helps yeah. me. Like I, I read a, and, and it's still an electronic, but I turn it on dark mode and I do that. But. Mm. I have done the scroll mm. and it, and and I didn't feel better. You know, I don't know. I, I do know. better. I sleep better when I get, when I read, like actually read okay. something before. So I don't know. Um, did you encounter, I always call them like, these are like Dr. Purchase zom zombies, like coming back. So like kids sleep schedules get all out of whack over the summer. They're like literally going to bed at nine o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and waking up at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think they probably had a really difficult time these last like 10 days of mm-hmm. getting back into school. I bet. Yes. I bet. Um, and it's just hard getting that back in routine. Absolutely. And it's it's just really hard. And so I tell kids, I'm like, okay, look, we're at this appointment at 11 o'clock in the morning. Your goal for today is not to go back to sleep. I see. And they look the at time. me like I have grown yep. three heads. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, good luck, lady. I'm barely keeping my eyes yeah, open. I give therapy assignments and they're like, uh, what what am I supposed to be doing today? I'm like staying awake, actually, uh-huh. <laughs> because it's two o'clock and you told me you just got up. So like you are going to stay awake and you're wow. not going to go back to bed when you get home and we're going to work on a reset. So it's oh. really hard. Yep. But I I think that like it, our sleep routines get off with one night. Absolutely. It's like one night of like staying up a little bit too late or like you get really into a series and you can't turn it off. And then like you're up till two and then whenever you get home from work or you get home from school, like then you just want to take a nap, you know, like all that sort of stuff. I can't take a nap. Oh, I I can't either. I can't. I can't. But that, but that's what teenagers do. They get home from school, they crash and they wake up at seven and then they don't know why they can't go back to bed until one. Right. And so like one night really can be really rough. Yeah. And sometimes, um, sometimes afternoon naps can be beneficial, but I typically talk to my teens about making sure that they're keeping Keeping that as a, it really, it needs to be a power nap. This is not an all afternoon Two, nap. Three hours. Three hour. um, and if you can't, I kind of joke with them, but I'm like, if you can't control yourself, don't do it at all. Like just Stay go to bed away. earlier, yeah. you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think that's one way to kind of, kind of keep it healthy. Yeah. What about like morning routines? Like how, what Ooh. do you think about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. How, the how do we, fight how, in the morning. How do we set our kiddos up for um, success in the morning? Yeah. Fight. You know, I just, I'm going to throw myself under the bus because I, this was like <laughs> of all days, right? This was the the night that I did not get any sleep. I had a toddler up like 50,000 times last night and, you know, just, so I got no sleep last night. And then this morning, because I put everything off last night, it mm-hmm. all had to be done today. Today, And then I'm also trying to navigate the three kids, getting them out the door. Um, and it was, it was chaos. Like, I don't know. Yes. There's, there's not another word to describe it. It was chaos. And the last thing I remember saying to my daughter before she got on the bus at, oh, like what, 650 in oh. the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, just don't, I don't do six. I just, yeah, oh. I don't, I don't enjoy it. But the last thing I said to her was hurry up. Mm. And as I was just reflecting on, you know, talking with you guys today, I thought, golly, that is how I started her day. And that's how she started her day. Mm. Um, And it was all because we didn't have a good routine this morning. Mm. Usually my routine looks something along the lines of having some things prepped and ready to go the night before. Mm -hmm. I'll oftentimes help her choose what she's going to wear the next day so that she can independently in the morning Kind of be like, okay, I've got my clothes and she can kind of do it on her own. And she feels really confident Mm -hmm, in that. mm -hmm. She's six, just to give context to that. Okay, so, you know, obviously that's going to be different for different ages. But but on those days, then then we get our morning started off on a good step. And it's me saying, oh, I really, uh, you look great, sweetie. You know, as opposed to, why are your clothes not on? Where? Where's your other sock? School starts in 10 minutes. Oh, so exactly. If you ask my kids, they know I say that like every day. Yeah. Like Monday through Friday. It's uh, chaos. It oh, is yeah. chaos. Yeah. And um, so I think the more that you can try to do the night before and having that routine to set them up for success in the morning, the better. Um, but also just helping them know kind of what comes first. First you do this, then you do this, then you mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And that way they can also begin to work on doing some of those things more independently too, especially those little ones. Yeah. I think visual schedules are yeah. good for like the young, the younger kids. And then I, 
I haven't really figured out how to help teenagers kind of like keep themselves on track. I tell them like, hey, like set alarms on your phone or set reminders yeah. like, okay, school starts in 10 minutes. I need, you know, all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I actually, I, so I also have a 14, a 14 year old. Um, and so, yeah, I know. It's a, oh and a two-year-old. It's a weird range. Oh, Bless my you. word. Uh, yeah. And um, so with my 14-year-old, though, he really likes to use Alexa. So he really struggles with time management in the mornings. It's gotten better. But one of the things that he will do is, you know, he'll 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 tell Alexa, hey, set a timer for five minutes. And because we have one in the in our kitchen. So mm-hmm. he'll eat breakfast. But when that timer goes off, it kind of gives him the, hey, I need to get moving, mm-hmm. you know? That's a good idea. Um, and that mm-hmm. has actually worked really, really well for him. So, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So that's the, a part of the being efficient and effective in the morning because that's really tough to do. It's hard to do. It, it Especially really if you have three. I, I, and at <laughs> I that have two. Range, I have two. And I, I'm like, it is herding cats. And at that range, you've got a 14-year-old. You've got a 6-year-old. And a two-year-old? Mm-hmm. The needs are so different. They are incredibly, incredibly different. And and my daughter also, she has cerebral palsy, so she has oh. some all, some physical needs as well. So when I talk about independence, you know, mm. for her, that's really... A big deal. It, it, our routine looks a little different, and we have to plan in advance for, for a lot more because sure. it takes her much longer um, mm-hmm. from a physical standpoint. And so, but one way we... we I think we set her up for success is by... Uh, kind of stepping stoning it for her so that she knows what to expect and she can be more independent and feels more confident mm-hmm. and less rushed, which really helps all of us. I, I mean, know. let's just be honest. <laughs> what, what time do you have to be up to get kids out the door? So um, this year with her, because um, her, her bus comes a little earlier than others. So, I mean, we're usually up by about five. I'm getting her up at about 530. So, so when I we have... talk about that sleep routine, I mean, mm. the reality is, is... The routine has to start at we, the night before. The night before. It has to start the night before. And we have to be really intentional about making sure that we are not overscheduled in the afternoons mm. because she really needs her sleep. Um, all kids do. Mm-hmm. I had two high school students tell me this week that they have to wake up at 4.30, one <gasps> to catch the bus, and then one to make to swim practice. They had to be in the pool at 5.15. 5, well, and a lot of these marching bands right now, mm-hmm. you know, Texas and band and getting ready for a football. <gasps> they're Ungodly. Yeah. Un- it's offensive. That, yeah. It, it is, is not offensive. right. I don't it do those hours. I'm, I'm like, and you know, I'm like, that is not developmentally appropriate. It is Coaches, not. teachers, school bus people. 4.30. And then you're going to this practice or whatever rehearsal, mm-hmm. and then you've got to go to school. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. And, and then, and then they're in school till like, so our high school in our area starts, I think, 7.30. So they get out at three, but then they have practice afterwards and then they have homework afterwards. I mean, so these kids are stretched thin going. Mm-hmm. They're up and going. Hence how we say the word burnout. I mean, yeah. that, the, the burnout it could be real yes. when we're talking about these kinds of activities. Absolutely. And I think there's I think there's a lot of pressure. A lot of a lot of parents feel the pressure because they want to like support their kids and for them to be active and to have good self-esteem and all those things that activities have, but it's a really thin line of like helping that without getting to like we're overscheduled and like overdone. I mean, 18 hours of the day is scheduled. And we had that down a little bit, you know, during the pandemic and after it was kind of, it wasn't quite as bad, but I think we have now ramped this right back up. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Right back where we were. And was that really a good spot? 
No. <laughs> Why that? did we go back? It was terrible. <laughs> was that really it was bad? Place. Yeah, these kids, they, they have a lot on their plate. Yeah, they do. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of like managing that pressure and stuff, what, what kind of signs, like how, like the anxiety, like what kind of things yeah. do you see? Yeah. Yeah. Like how do you know if your kid may have some school related anxiety? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I, um, with school starting back up, I, I don't know when you guys all started down here in the Fort Worth area, but we've been, we've been, my kids went back to school August 9th. So oh, we're, ah, yeah, ah. we've been chugging along. Mm-hmm. It's been great. <laughs> did you great. get a month? I mean, did you get a month? I mean, it's, it was, that was fast. It was super fast. Okay. Go um, and so I am already seeing, I'm seeing a lot of anxiety, not necessarily in my kids, but like with the kids that I work with, mm-hmm. um, a lot of kids manifesting with physical symptoms of anxiety. Yep. This is coming up a ton like right what? now. Stomach like aches, headaches, mm-hmm. um, you know, even like dizziness, almost passing out. I mean, kind of lightheadedness. Um, and, you know, a lot of families are like, what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, once they start to kind of dig a little deeper, mm-hmm. kids are kids are talking about like, I just don't know that I want to go back to school or I don't want to be at school or can I just stay home today? Um, or parents are getting phone calls home from uh, the nurse, you know, mm-hmm. the school nurse, like he's in my office again with mm-hmm. stomach aches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of the times, you know, when you, when there's change coming around, like the start of school and kind of all of a sudden these physical symptoms are popping up, a lot of the times that can be a pretty sure sign mm-hmm. that maybe we have a little bit of anxiety going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, obviously, school refusal, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going and then having the meltdowns before school. Um, mm-hmm. That's obviously a little bit more of an obvious sign. Um, but some people interpret that as they're just being obstinate. Like obstinate. Or they're, they're I just, just don't want being to Being a diva. Yeah, they're right. being like they and so they and so I think a lot of times people respond to that with like punishment. Well, and I don't know that that's necessarily, if it's anxiety that's driving that, I don't know that that's necessarily the best. Yeah. In fact, I would, I would actually argue the opposite is more helpful, right? Maybe, a, maybe a little bit of a positive reinforcer. If we can kind of push through this day, then maybe at the end of the day, when, you know, when you get home, we can maybe do a special treat together as a mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. you know, um, and kind of having an encourager for the child making it through the day. Um, but to kind of follow back up on what to do about it, the physical symptoms, I'm seeing a lot of families already going up to school and getting their kids out of school. And so I, I just want to caution families. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the times, especially as mamas, our our desire is to help, it's to rescue sometimes. And one of the challenges is when you do, when you do identify that maybe, maybe my kid is feeling a little bit nervous, making sure that you're you're talking with your kid. You're validating those feelings. It can be scary to go back, right? Mm-hmm. It can be hard to do something mm-hmm. new. Or tell me, tell me what you're feeling worried about. Sometimes kids can a- answer that question yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> more than yep. we think they can. So Absolutely. asking the question, mm-hmm. validating the feelings, but not fueling or feeding mm-hmm. Into fear. the fear. And one of the ways we sometimes inadvertently feed the fear is by rescuing. So it's important that our kids, even though it might be hard, that they go to school, that they they push through the day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that phone call comes from the school nurse about stomach aches, but you feel pretty confident is it is anxiety really encouraging them to to, to kind Sit of through pull through the day mm-hmm. and then, you know, revisit in the afternoon. Maybe make sure you're structuring in some downtime, um, some relaxation time in the afternoon. But um, I agree helping with you. them face that. Mm-hmm. Well, because, and also whenever... When you re when you rescue, whenever you pull them out of the really stressful situation, it reinforces Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and so you're just going to have more of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and so it's and and also it communicates to the kid 
you you need to be rescued. I yes. don't think you can handle this. Yes. Whereas if you say, hey, you're okay. It's going to be fine. You have three hours left. We'll talk about it when you get home. Mm-hmm. And you support them. It lets them know that you're confident, that they're safe, they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I agree. Ran- I describe it to parents as like being their secure base. Like, you know, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So using that mentality and mm-hmm. kind of feeding it into them. I know you can do this. This mm-hmm. may be hard. There may be hard hard moments and it may feel uncomfortable, but I believe in you and I know it's going to be an okay day. And I can't wait to see you when you get home. Yes. Totally agree. It, it used to be a time when the first, you know, when school would open, that there was a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh my gosh, we're going back to school. We're getting new clothes. We're getting new shoes. and We get to see our friends. Yeah, and- but now I'm not hearing the excitement part. I'm hearing the... You know, this is hard. School's different. Well, and I also think, I I think some of this is tied to the pandemic. I I, I don't think we can blame the pandemic for everything, but I... Oh, go ahead. I personally, (laughs) I I think there's plenty we can blame it for, but but maybe not everything. But I do think separation anxiety um, is something that has just really, really skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Really? So I think a lot of what we're seeing is actually some manifestation of that. Mm. You know, it still seems like there's kind of this ongoing lingering separation difficulty for a lot of a lot of kiddos kiddos that I mean, I'm, I'm seeing some kids with like 10 11 12 year olds that mm-hmm. are struggling with separation mm-hmm. in a way that I did not see, see before, before right? the pandemic it used to be like eight at the oldest right I mean that's mm-hmm. not just me seeing it um, right so nope, you're okay, right good. This is a trend. I, I see it yes but it's definitely a trend so I think that plays a little bit of a role in in kind of what we're seeing now mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't do this without talking about bullying and mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. and, again, going back to that screen and when to get off the screen and, you know, making sure that the screen is being plugged in in a in a place where everybody can see it, mm-hmm. you know, at night um, and they're not taking it back. But bullying and social media is mm-hmm. a big, big thing. It's really bad. Yeah. It's just this is. Yeah, it's been it's it's hard. So parents have to really be cautious and really watching you know what their kids are looking at and who they're talking to and what they're talking about i'm so glad i don't have kids though it's so hard i am and, and I really the am. other the other thing that's so hard about the mon i mean i agree, totally agree with you you have you have to monitor what your kids are doing online the whole time i mean it's the wild west it is like they it they is. can get anything they yeah. can see anything yeah. like it, they potentially like, could talk to anyone yeah exactly yeah. anybody yeah so yeah, you have to monitor it, but they're also so much smarter at technology than we are. Right, so they can get around you. Yes. Yeah, this is scary. It's- Dr. Appleby, oh. what advice do you have? Please help solve our problems. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> this topic is so hard, and I i mean, I, I cannot even begin to, like, have it all together. I sort of have, our household, we have... Uh, we have extra bonus uh, points because my husband is in IT and technology. Okay, oh. we should so, talk to him. Right. Really, he should come talk he, to us. He yeah. and I have talked about like we we need to we got to come up with something because we we can make the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Yes, because um, he's got things like locked down on a level that I can't even understand. Wow. Right. Um, but I will say, you know, one of the things that that we tend to do as a family is definitely, I mean, we just don't have technology in the bedrooms. Like that's mm-hmm. not, mm. that's just not a thing in our household. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to be on a phone or, um, you know, playing video games or watching TV, it's it's going to be in the main area of our home. And that's Where just, everybody can see. 
mm-hmm. kind of kind of how we roll. Now, there's a, every once in a while, there's exceptions to that. Obviously, I do have a 14 year old now. He just started started high school, and he has you know, like I mentioned earlier, a two year old mm-hmm. uh, sibling who's driving him nuts all the time. So sometimes the Chromebook for school every once in a while does go in the room, right? But I'm checking in with him, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, every, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, I'm kind of popping my head and, hey, how's the homework going? You know, how are things going? Just Mm kind of making sure that Mm -hmm. he is sticking with what he's supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. on his Chromebook, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But when it comes to personal technology, we sort of, we kind of run a a tight ship at our house. Um, Our we don't do tablets. We don't, we're not a tablet family. Um, but my son does have a phone and we, we have restrictions on it. You know, mm-hmm. social media is just not, it's not on his phone. Um, one day it might be as he continues to get older and is more developmentally mature and can, can navigate some of that on his mm-hmm. own. But, um, right now he doesn't. And, and sometimes he is upset about that. And some, sometimes he's not because he mm-hmm. actually hears about some of the stress that a lot of other mm-hmm. kids his age are having to deal with. They're coming home and they're, you know, kind of inundated mm-hmm. with peers all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah. that's all he hears about. And he's like, oh, maybe I don't want to, maybe yeah, I don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> maybe having a break from those people is great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sometimes, sometimes uh, separation is is good. Like I think you mentioned absence makes the heart grow fonder yes, sometimes, right? Yes, um, you want them to be connected, but you want them to be connected in healthy ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's able to talk on his phone to the people that he's closest to, but um, he's not able to like add anybody that he wants on his phone. Kind of thing. So we we do kind of mm-hmm. keep things mm-hmm. a little tight at our house, but well, that's okay. Don't um, and you sound like you're trying to apologize for it, but don't do that. Yeah, because yeah. that's the way it, that's the way it ought to be. You it's know, hard. You know, you know your kids better than anybody, so you know what to do for them, and you understand their development. But not only as a mother, but as a psychiatrist, you understand yeah. that. So yeah. you know, I, I I say bully for you. Well, yeah, I think also starting off. Sp- you know, when you start off with restrictions, uh, and I don't like that word, but that's just what, that's what it is, that's what right? It is. It's, it's healthy structure, mm-hmm. it's healthy, healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. healthy limits, because kids, well, let's face it, adults don't know how to do this yeah. most of the time, okay? <laughs> we can't put the boundaries so like, up for ourselves. How, mm-hmm. how on earth can we expect these sweet little ones to do mm-hmm. that? But when you have those healthy boundaries right up front, mm-hmm. as they get older, then you can kind of slowly scaffold and kind of take off those onion Mm -hmm. peels, so to speak. And they can gradually be exposed to new things that might be more developmentally appropriate. And then you're helping them navigate those kinds of things. So, but that's, that's difficult parenting. I mean, that's, that's parenting that needs to pay close attention. It takes time. And not everybody, you know, is set up to do that. Absolutely. I mean, because you have to pay it. If you're coming in his room every 15 or so minutes, you're paying attention. Yeah. You know, and, you know, how 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 do I not get on the, the, the couch and start, you know, binging something and I forget to go in there? Yeah. You know, so you really have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's exhausting. It- <laughs> It is. I mean, it's it just, is. let's it be honest. But it's what you signed up for. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. The second I put a phone in his hand, yeah, right? I actually signed, signed up for that, yeah, right? You, you did. You <laughs> but, did. I think, but you have, it's such a, you don't, it would be the easier if you just said no phone, no phone, no social media or anything like that. But then whenever they graduate high school, then they have everything and they don't know how to do it. And mm-hmm. so like, exactly. like you're saying about the scaffolding about like, slowly like taking away the reins and like giving them more independence in a safe way like that's the way to do it yeah and you as easy as it would be to be like nope no phones no nothing 
you can't do it. I because just don't even know that it's like reasonable anymore. Well, right? here's the phone and you have everything. Or, you know, because some people will do that. Here's the phone, have that everything. is way more prevalent. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I feel like I probably tend to fall on the abnormal side Same. in terms of it, it doesn't happen. I'm a bad mom. As much, but I'm for my children. children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what's been cool is actually jinx. I know. Yeah. I I was like, too bad. You don't know. I wear it like a badge of courage. Thank you. I totally do. Right. And then, but what's cool about it is when you start off that way, then you can expand what Mm -hmm. they can use as they get older. Mm -hmm. And then actually, you know, I'm not hearing me as bad mom as much these days because it's kind of like, like he just got to start using YouTube mm-hmm. whenever he wants, you know? And so it's like before he, that wasn't an option for him. And, wow. and now like now it is. we've kind of opened that up a little bit as he's shown maturity. Yeah. Um, but now he, he just thinks we're cool now. So I don't know, like it, as you scaffold when they're ready, yeah. uh, there can be p- positives that come. Yeah. And at some yeah. point he's going to understand that you were protecting him. Yeah. I he's hope. Gonna, oh, he will. I hope. He will. He will. He'll, he'll get it. He'll be 40, but he'll, yeah, he'll exactly. be like, dang, they were smart. Yeah. 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 He'll be 40 with two kids But it own. doesn't always come across like that right now. So amazing. Oh, jeez. Dr. Appleby, thank you so much for stopping by yeah. and sharing your wisdom. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Like, yeah. I just really, yeah, I just like talking to this you. Is fun. I hope you come back. It is. I will. I'll come fun. back anytime you want me to. Okay. So. One other fun thing that we do yeah. at the end of every podcast is we ask people what they're grateful for. She's thinking, Winnie, you want to go? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be real honest and transparent like I always am. (laughs) I I am really grateful that I don't have small kids. (laughs) You know, my my son is, you know, in his 30s, and I don't have to worry about, you know, because seriously, when I was raising my son, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have the cell phones. We didn't have all of that to, to worry about and think about. You know, TV was the biggest thing. How much TV did he, you know. So now navigating all of the things that you have to navigate as a parent is, it's overwhelming to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, God knew when he was, you know, knew what he, he was doing when he gave children to the young. So, <laughs> and, and, Unless the young people go to school and then they don't have kids. <laughs> You know, old and, and tired. Then, and then you have <laughs> yeah. grandparents. And I look forward to that day. But yeah, I'm grateful not to have to raise kids. And, you know, and I'm grateful that you guys are paying attention. I'm really grateful that you guys are paying attention and passing on this information and encouraging other parents to say it's okay to put boundaries mm-hmm. on your kids. Absolutely. In fact, they prefer you really do they that. Do. They love boundaries. They, they do. really do. They will fight. But it says you love and care yeah, about them enough to do it. and you want to protect them. And so mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I don't have them, but I'm grateful you do. <laughs> I'm grateful that you are telling the story. <laughs> and let me tell you what I'm grateful for. Okay, okay. School. Yes. yes. Oh, amen to that. <laughs> every teacher, you're my hero. Love I love you, every principal, mm-hmm. every school counselor. Love like you, you are like my absolute hero mm-hmm. it's um, your tribe i mean you it, know, it's a village i it know it's a village it is i know and <laughs> lyndon has or all of my kiddos have great teachers and and they are they're my people yeah, so yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm i'm grateful for the school the structure all of it yeah thank you for yeah. everything that you do <laughs> you kind of stole mine that was mine it's just been at the forefront of my mind you know i and and having a kiddo with um a lot of special needs i mean you know very very unique challenges that we have to navigate with school. I 
I have already found myself just so deeply grateful. I think I've sent probably six gratitude emails already <laughs> um, to the people in her yeah. school yeah. and just yeah. saying like, thank you for this and thank you for that. And yeah. we're, we're just so appreciative because yeah. truly I am. I mean, mm-hmm. these people that pour into our kids yeah. day in and day out. They care so much. Like they are saints. I, that is, that's, that's at the top of my list, yeah. especially yep. this week, which I think fits with our kind of our, our back to school kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're. <laughs> Teachers, you're the MVP. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Kudos to you. Yeah. And, and you know what? They need to hear that more often because yeah. there's so much going on Absolutely. with them and, you know, giving them the hard time of doing their job. But the fact that they have the heart, mm-hmm. you know, for that. And so we just need to pat them you on the back. You have to. Yeah. And to come back and do that yeah, job every day. We do, yeah. We do. Mm-hmm. Give him a hug. Hug your teacher. (laughs) Hug your teacher. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this episode of Raising Joy. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell a friend about us. Until next time. Just breathe. Open up. You you matter. matter.